Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Prairie Dumpster Podcast, hosted by me, Tyler Penner. Prairie Dumpster, of course, being the uh, 412,000th, 268th best podcast in the goddamned world, and can't nobody tell me different. Um... We, of course, uh, dropped in the rankings. We dropped a little bit because of uh, several factors, one being content. Uh, A few listeners had uh, listened to my content, and they had deemed it, and so they gave me thumbs down across the board. Thumbs down. Second of all, we've missed several key points that we said at the beginning of the New Year's we would do. Um. We said we would follow a strict schedule. Strict schedule. Uh, That went out the window. That, I flushed down down the toilet. It's January 17th, so we lasted two weeks on a strict schedule. Two Mondays in a row, I uploaded an episode for you fucking freeloading normies. The third one is coming real late at Wednesday. By the time I process this, and it gets out of post... And um, I released the version, heavily edited and redacted version, once I bleep out all the racial slurs in this episode, then it'll probably show up on Thursday morning, way behind schedule. The Patreons got shafted, and that's not for lack of trying. Well, it's kind of for lack of trying. I, um... You know, I was going to record an episode Friday. I said, ah, we'll do it tomorrow. I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the headspace to be funny on camera. So I did it Saturday. Saturday came and went. And I was like, ah, I'm not in the mood. It's been too busy. I've done seven minutes of comedy this week. I can't, I can't, I can't perform more. Seven minutes, that's my max for entertainment for the week. So I thought, okay, we'll do it Sunday. Sunday came and went, and I recorded it on Sunday, and I was processing it. But then my phone ran out of storage. And then I shuffled some things around, and then my computer ran out of storage. 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 I just want to store my creativity, and I can't. Because Steve Jobs didn't have the foresight to give us unlimited data. Data? Whatever it's called. I think that's a judgment call, that word. And already, immediately, I'm regretting this podcast. This is an awful episode so far, but it's going to get so much better. We've got big things planned. Big things. Um, well, well, we don't have big things planned. We, we don't have anything planned. There's been zero preparatory work for this episode, but... This episode is all about planning. It's the planning episode. This episode is all about looking to the future. They always say, like, in the present, man. Don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. Stay in the present. Buddha and Alan Watts and all those fucking assholes telling you how to live your life. If I want to be mired in the past, that's up to me. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a waste of my time to think about Shit that I said in grade three, you know, to to Ashley Weeb. 
girl that I had a crush on for the majority of my elementary school years. And now that I think back on it, even as early as kindergarten, I was placed firmly within the friend zone. How do you get friend zoned in kindergarten? Fuck knows. I did it, though. I pulled it off. I don't know what I wanted in kindergarten. I was like, marry me. And she's like, we're better off just friends. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I assume that this is a one-time incident for that to happen. And this won't carry on for the remainder of my life. <laughs> um, but we, if I want to live in the past, that's up to me. All right. If I want to think about things that I said when I was drunk 10 years ago, that makes me want to take a hedge clipper to three of my fingers, then that's up to me. I don't like Buddha trying to tell me to do things differently. Why don't you worry about your weight problem there, Buddha? All right. You've got extra pounds. You're fat as shit. You're telling me how to live my life. Why aren't you cut? Why aren't you shredded? How much can you bench? Can you even squat? Then shut the fuck up, Buddha. I don't want to hear it from you. Um, or the future, for that matter. The future, you know? I think sitting down occasionally, putting away the present. Because 90% of the present flush down the shitter. We're not doing anything. You know? So there's no problem with once in a while sitting down. And thinking about things that could be, that should be, that would be, if you would only stay in the present. Um, yeah. Alan Watts always said that. He always said, uh, a moment of zen. A moment of zen is not when you... Uh, you know, think about God and peel the potatoes. The moment of Zen comes when you just peel the potatoes. I'm like, okay, great. Thanks, Alan. You know what really bummed me? And I love Alan Watts. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. He's really helped me through some harsh times, man. Same with Eckhart Tolle, that fucking weird little alien. I don't trust him. I don't, I'm pretty sure that guy's AI. No one's that zen all the time. Every I'd trust Eckhart Tolle a lot more if once in a while he was just like, Could I have a bottle of water, please? Please, could I have a bottle of water? I'm doing a presentation about remaining in the present, controlling your emotions. Where's that fucking water at? I'd trust him a lot more if he would just, you know, every once in a while snap. Because I think that's also, you want to get zen, you want to live the human experience, well, sometimes you snap. You snap at your underlings. And you punish them accordingly. You put them in the hot box for a few hours. You know what a hot box is? It's a little hole you dug underground underneath the hot Mississippi sun, and you put them in there. It's a stainless steel box, and you put them in there, and you just let them nap. You do whatever you want to do, boy. You sit down there and you take a nap under this gorgeous Georgia sun. And then they roast. <sighs> that's what you, That's how you have to treat them. All of them. Um, but so today, <laughs> we're going to... 
we're going to focus on the future, on things that could be, things that are not yet and won't be for this episode, things that will not be and probably will never be. But one can dream. One can dream. My family, big dreamers. <laughs> My family, ew, lofty goals, big dreams. They, we love to sit and dream. I got that from my dad. My dad was a big dreamer. Sitting on his couch, drinking yerba, either mate, the hot version, or terere, the uh, cold version. And they would sit there every morning, every evening, and I would walk up, and they would be in the middle of incredible dreams. My dad would be like, and then we can have a farm. And what we'll do is we'll raise horses. And even as an eight-year-old boy stumbling into this conversation, I knew, I'm like, that's not practical. We know nothing about livestock treatment. Do you know how much that is going to cost? All right. I'm not going to be a farmer. Everyone here is going to stink like shit. This family is not about that life. We can barely keep our lawn mowed. All right. We've got noxious weeds all over the place. We don't even know where the dog is. Where is the dog? Is he dead? Has to be. It's freezing outside. We haven't seen him in three weeks. Now, you want to get horses? I don't think that's practical, Dad. And my dad would be like, you know what is practical? The belt in my closet. Why don't you go get that? Why don't you tend to that livestock right now? Get my belt and bring it to me. And then I would have to go. I would have to go get the belt. And he would abuse me. No, I would never. He wouldn't abuse. It wasn't abuse. But that was that, that was bordering on mental abuse. I don't think spanking is abuse. But he would always make me go get the belt. That was unnecessary detail that probably contributed to my psychopathy and my iron fist ruling style that is actually... Um, it will probably come in handy once I consolidate my power and execute most of my foes. Um, actually, one time my dad was like, get that belt. And I was like, you got it. And I went to his closet and I grabbed like the felt like cotton belt out of his bathrobe. And I came back and then he was like, <laughs> oh, silly boy, not that belt, the real one. So I went back and I got mom's like little thin, dinky little you know, soft belt. And I'm like, here you go. And he was like, oh, no, let me show you. And he grabbed the biggest one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, I thought you were laughing. Didn't I make you laugh? <laughs> that sounds dark. It's uh, dark. This is, that's, a, that's, black. that's black comedy right there. And not Cat Williams' black comedy. That's a different type of comedy. Although my dad did a bit of that too. It was, it was problematic results. Oof, man, he should not have. He should not have done that. My dad was actually a big. I think he was a Richard Pryor fan back in the day. Eddie Murphy fan too, which didn't help anybody. <laughs> really, did not help any. But we're thinking about the future. And that's where I get my dreaming phase from. Dreaming phase? Dreaming quality, tendency, trait. That's the fucking word I'm looking for. My trait, 
my traits as a dreamer. That's where I get them from. I get them from my old man, my old man pops. I'm recording this podcast right now on Adobe Edition. The waveform looks really small. I pray to Christ that you can hear this. I really do. Um, we're looking to the future. <sighs> Lost my train of thought. going to dream big. What could we do later in this episode of the podcast? We could look up numerology. This is episode number 43. I wonder what that number means. We might do that. We could look to the person that I would like to be at the end of this podcast. For instance, I would like to be a little slower to anger. I would like to be um, I'd like that fucking hard drive to shut the fuck up. Every time I turn this fucking thing on, it's like it takes over the entire goddamn room. Right? And I'm filming a podcast. This fucking hard drive knows I'm filming the fucking pod. You fucker. But I'd like to be slower to anger by the end of this podcast. I would. I would. I'd like to be a little more courageous. Courage. Bravery. There's a sign across the street. All right. I have a church right across the street from my place. And for all you future assassins, you just, I mean, really, you already know I live in Osborne Village. Now you just got to look for the churches. Which there's like 40. There's literally 40 churches in Osborne Village. It's insane how many churches there are. And what's keeping these churches open? Some of them are old, historically significant character churches that deserve to be open. The one across from my house, for instance. The one down the block, for instance. There's another one down the block that way, for instance. All very nice buildings. Architecturally cool they look cool. Um, but then there's a couple of new ones that just popped up. There, 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 people are building new churches. That's what blows my mind. Why are we building new churches? We've got the infrastructure. Like th These churches aren't full. Go to church there. Way too many churches sprung up. And I know the trouble of a new church. I was in Niverville. There was an old church there. We went to church there all the time. It's like an old school church. And we had a new... Oh, fuck. There's birds. Man, those birds are flying high. I wonder if it's... Anyways. Also, for this podcast, I'd like to stay focused a little better. You know what I mean? My attention is... All over the place. Too many new churches sprung up. In Niverville, we had this old church. It was like the CMC. This is the Carter Mennonite Committee of whatever. They had a completely different doctrine from the CMC down the road. Two, literally two minutes. Wildly different doctrine from the Maranatha. Completely different doctrine from the Elam Church. Um, 
wildly seven churches for a town of 1,000 people, and these churches were wildly different. Wildly. One believed that um, Jesus Christ wore a uh, um, a, a robe, a, pa a parchment that was made of a um, a hemp slash uh, cotton material, uh, to which all the other churches uh, wrote them off as blasphemers and that they would burn for eternity in hell. Um, another church thought that um, a passage in Job... Um, Sorry, I gotta turn this laptop off. I gotta go. Do not disturb on this piece. Do not disturb. Okay. Anyways, there's a lot of churches there, and realistically, there was zero fucking difference between them. But the church that my parents went to, we had a new pastor on the town. He was edgy. He was like, man, he was too modern for some of those old heads because um, occasionally he would raise his voice. Occasionally, he would be like, we need to love the Lord. And the old timers were like, this is not right. This is bad. I don't know about this. His voice is getting a little animated for my taste. And they were like, and then Ken Harder would go up there and he'd be like, what we need to do is come here with a joyous heart. And then the old timer was like, ah, ah, make him stop. Make I cast thee out. And so he had to leave. He was just too animated for those people. He didn't, uh, he did not fit well in the whole old time church. These people are old school hockey, these Christians. So a bunch of people left and we started our own church. And then we went to an elementary school. We had church there. And then we raised a ton of money, a ton of money from the congregation. My father, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars pumped into this church that was, for the time being, in an elementary school. Soon we built a building, a monstrosity, an ugly building, very ugly, on Highway 59. It had a turquoise roof and um, just an awful building in the middle of nowhere. Not even a tree line. Snow accumulation there. Massive problem. This church paid thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars in snow removal every year. Multiple times a year. My father, again, went there on his off time. Keep in mind he was working eh, six days a week, five and a half. Well, he would take a day off, right? And he would sacrifice to pay for that day. He would buy the material. Or maybe the church bought the material, but my dad would go there all day and he would paint the entire church and he would spray the chairs all because he believed in this church. And finally the church opened and it was a joyous occasion for this new group of rebel Christians. And that lasted a good three or four years before the entire church disbanded. There was a real power struggle between two douchebags who were struggling for power of this fucking nothing church on Highway 59. There was a real power struggle. Because this, uh, the pastor, who was a douche, 
let power go to his head. He wanted to run the whole show. But then there was another faction of Mennonites who were kind of uh, big fans of this other pastor who only guessed, he did spots, he did guest spots. When Ken Harder wasn't feeling it, Bill Rample would come in and he would do his little spiel. And every time he would fucking murder, he would crush it with his old-time Mennonite crew. And the Mennonites would be like, fuck yeah, that's how you preach the Lord right there. This is my boy right here. Kicks the shit out of that other guy. But the other guy was like, fuck this, dude. This is my territory. Yeah, you're good. I'll give you that, Bill. You got chops. Go find your own fucking church, all right? I'm running the show here. Massive power struggle. They could never resolve it. Half the congregation left. Like, fuck you. We're out of here. You're full of shit, bro. Hey, Ken, you're full of shit. And they left. And this new faction splintered apart. They went to different churches. And this new, the remnants of the old church stayed there, but it just wasn't enough. They actually continued to fight. It just was never the same. And the entire church disbanded. It disbanded. It became a synagogue. Jews moved in. They took it over. They're like, take that cross down. We're done with that guy. We're going even older school. And Ken Harder moved to the States. He found a church in, I don't know, Louisiana or Oklahoma somewhere. Because that's that was his ilk. He was that. Then the Lord will That kind of preaching. And that's the story of Village Gospel Fellowship. And that's one of the last times the Penner family went to church. They're one of the last times. I was like 13, 14, just on the cusp of being able to tell mom and dad, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, but mom and dad were still committed. We went to a church in Winnipeg a couple of times. We went church shopping, really. Went to the Church of the Rock one time, and my mom was like, this is, people are dancing. Let's get out of here. Kind of orgy is this. Um, but by this point, I was like, you know, we were done. We were tapped out. The church politics got to us. I don't know how I got on this conversation, but that is the story of the Village Gospel Fellowship. One of the many churches that rose and fell like a piss yellow star just burnt out too quickly. People don't talk enough about that, about failed churches. Sometimes you got to let, sometimes churches are like banks. You got to let them fail. These historic ones with the historic buildings, you know, those, keep those in. Even if no one's there, you walk into the building and you're like, oh, wow, this is nice. It's like an old chapel. You know what I mean? Those like old churches. There's something about that. It's a cool, it's a cool environment, you know? It's just a cool, if nothing else, the architecture is cool. And some, you know, you got one old lady, she's sitting there in the pew, and she's praying silently. Nothing wrong with that. Do your thing, lady. You know? But what? You want a couple of hundred grand of people's money to build a new church with new sound systems? And you got your, you know, your guitar and your drums that you need, and you're playing just your awful, awful beige 
completely soulless praise and worship music. It's like contemporary where you just say the same thing over and over again. I watched this church service online the other day. They're doing praise and worship. They, all they were doing is going, uh, you are God, you are God, you are God, you are, you are God. I'm like, who are you trying to, Are you sound like you're trying to convince yourself. He is God. He is God. He, hey, fuck you. He is. He is God. You want to fucking go right now? I'm telling you what's right. He is God. He is risen. He is God. No, fuck you. That's bull. Fuck you. Bullshit. He, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. He is God. He is God. He is God. He is God. I'm not listening to you. He is God. He is God. Shut up. Stop talking. Why are you still talking? I'm not even listening to you anymore. I'm not. He is God. 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 Okay? <laughs> I'm like, switch up the lyrics a bit. We're not allowed to listen to Biggie Smalls, one of the greatest wordsmiths of all time, but we got to listen to you. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> It, it, you, what, you want a couple hundred grand to build another church like that? We don't need any more of those. All right? The historic ones, the old chapels, those old-time Catholic buildings, or some of those older, I don't know, those other temples, fine. But we don't need another Springs church. Oh, God. We got enough empty churches kicking around that are way better, way cooler, aesthetically pleasing buildings than... than than springs. Anyways, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, a church across my apartment, across the street. Fuck, from my apartment. Uh, great church, awesome church. I mean, I've never been there for church, but uh, I've been there for grindcore shows. <laughs> no joke, they do that. They rent out the church, and you, there's they, they have art galleries there and they have uh i've seen a doom band this wicked doom band from i think hamilton maybe halifax i don't know i don't know but they were called iron i-r-n and man they played and they got this giant like the pipes of the organ behind them and they were down and all these doom heads all these fucking you know, metal heads dressed in black like me right now. We're all standing there in the pews and they were just like <laughs> drone shit. Drone shit. And just hearing that in that church, it was so awesome, man. It was so dope. And that's cool. That's cool. How often are those all, all those all all the people into doom and shit like that, for the most part, they're not into church. They're into the occult. They're into, uh, you know, pagan and satanic imagery, inverted crosses, pentagrams, goats, Baphomet. You know, they're into the, the, the black magic shit. For some reason, that aesthetic um, appeals to these people. It appeals to me. I like a good inverted cross as much as I like a regular cross. It's just something about that. I don't know what it is about that symbol. Maybe I had enough experiences at Village Gospel Fellowship that when someone came and inverted that cross and said, how about that? 
How about that symbol? You've had that one shoved in your face your whole life. What about this one? I was like, oh, that is cool. That's weird. That's bad. I've been told that this one is good my whole life. Now this one's bad. Not going to lie. It's kind of appealing because I hate those fucking people. And those people are always fucking around with that symbol. I like this symbol now. It's kind of like fuck those people, you know. Um, But it was cool because this church is like, well, why not? Let's just have a Doom show. Let's have a Grindcore show. Let's have the band Gourmet come in here and let's have these three people play these incredible crazy blast beats while this man gorges himself on raw ground beef that's a true story that happened in that church and most old people would be like well why would you do that in a church why how dare you how dare because some guy at that church thought well like who cares i mean how often do these kids come to church technically we brought them to church. I mean, they're in the building. Not that that does a big deal, but like, whatever. I mean, what does it matter? They're just, they're kids. They're having fun. Why not let them have fun here? And we get some money out of it. I don't see the harm. Some guy said that at this church. I don't see the harm. What's the big deal? And that's all it took. They got a bunch of metalheads who'd never be caught dead in a church. And now they're fucking in a church. It's crazy. Anyways, this church across the street has a sign that says, um, uh, I forget what it says, but it says some crazy shit. Uh, no, it says, um, life expands and contracts in proportion to your courage. So by the end of this podcast, man, holy shit, I'm going to be so brave. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to come out as gay on this podcast. I'm coming out. I don't know why. That felt that felt good. I'm gay. I'm a gay man. I'm so fucking gay. I, fuck, I wish that were true. That'd be so easy. I'm gay. But I'm not. It sucks. <laughs> If I was gay, I'd have a story. I'd have an angle to do comedy with. You know how much material I would get if I was gay? Fuck, dude. I'd have a Just for Laughs special right now if I was gay. Because I've seen the gay comics out there. I'm funnier than you. I could write better gay material than you could right now. As a, as a straight man, I could come up here. I could write a bunch of gay jokes. You know what the hard part about being gay is? You gotta... Um... Well, actually, that's tough, too. <laughs> Fuck. I've been trying to write new jokes. I started a joke journal at the beginning of the year, and I was like, God damn it. I'm going to write a joke every day. We're going to build up my library of material. And so far, it's going okay. Actually, I did write a gay joke. Let's read the gay joke that I wrote here. Um, It's actually... And the material's not good. Every joke I write here, it's not about being good, but it's about writing a joke every day. So at the end of the year, I'll have 365 new jokes, right? Now, let's say 300 and let's say 90%. No, let's say, let's say 80% are terrible. 10% are okay and 10% are winners, okay? That's 36 
winning new jokes at the end of the year. That's more I've written in the last decade. Plus another 36 that are like okay. Fuck, dude. So I don't know why I haven't been doing this years past. 37 years old, man. And only now I'm learning to do shit that's like, man, why wasn't I doing this the whole fucking time? So much wasted time, man. God, I should have started this shit when I was 20, but I wasn't ready. Anyways, January 5th, I wrote a gay joke. January 5th, I'm not gay, but I'm self-aware enough to know what kind of gay I would be. Like there's normal gay, which is just, hey, I'm a dude. I like other dudes. What do you want? Yeah, I'm not that. I would be some homophobic small town pastor's version of gay. Like just a full on glory hole piss pig. Punch me, shit on me, and then fuck me type of gay. Don't tell me your name. That's going to ruin it. Don't tell me you don't have any diseases. That will also ruin it. Just jam your cock in me until you feel blood while I grip the rim of this dumpster and repent because I think I'm going to die. That's the type of gay I would be. The only time I wouldn't have a cock in my mouth is when I'm sucking a meth pipe to keep the party going. I'd be that type of gay. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know when I wrote that. I should have written the time down. But anyways, that's just a joke. That's just a, that's just a joke. I don't know how it would go over. It's not homophobic because I'm just talking about myself and what I would be if I was gay. But. going to be courageous we're going to be slow to fucking anger and what else are we going to be by the end of this podcast i don't know let's ask chat bot no fuck chat bot that's what we're going to be we're going to be self-reliant self-reliant a little guy named ralph waldo emerson give me a goddamn second i'm going to get that book quickly Okie dokes. All right. We're back. I had to get this book and I had to be careful about leaving the chair because I'm in my gitch right now. Don't let the hoodie fool you. I'm still in my underwear. I'm drinking coffee. Um, but where are we going here? Ralph Waldo Emerson. A lot of people ask me. No one's ever asked me this, actually. No one asked me this. Who's your favorite philosopher? All right. No one asked me that question. But I've thought about the question a lot. And so far, you know what? I can't really say anyone else other than Ralph Waldo Emerson. Really an OG punk. One of the OG punks of philosophy. He ran with the Transcendentalist crew. Henry David Thoreau, who is also good. I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but um, someone ruined it for me. Actually, one of the patrons fucking ruined him for me. When I was talking about how great he was and how he lived by the cabin. And then she was like, you know... He was actually like 20 feet away from his mom's place the whole time. She was like doing his laundry and shit. So he's full of shit about like living. And I was like, no, stop. Shut the fuck up, Alex. You're ruining it. You're ruining this man. I don't care what he did. I care what he said. Um, but there is a famous essay, regardless of Henry David Thoreau, um, 
of the throws, he's like not even close. I mean, Louis Theroux. I don't know if they're the same last name, but by far the better throw. Um, Emerson, man, self-reliance. The famous essay on self-reliance. And even if you're not into this shit at all, you should read it. Emerson, unlike some of those other long-winded German assholes, Heidegger, Hegel, I'm looking at you, Kant, who really take an entire fucking book and will leave you with nothing but confusion. Okay? Really. I mean, they've got great ideas, but that's the, the, those are for scholars. If you're an everyman, if you're a lunchbox moron like me, who needs shit broken down, who just, you want some concrete good life advice, some mind-expanding shit without having to get a doctorate in fancy fucking language, just help me. Can you just help me live a life, you convoluted German cunt? Just break it down for me. That's why pop philosophy gets a bad rep among the intellectuals and academics and shit. It's like, oh, how elementary. Well, you know what? It's elementary because people need it broken down. People need help with it. That's why Marcus Aurelius uh, resonates. That's why those Stoics, that's why the Greeks actually do too. They broke it down into simple terms. Anyways, and that's what Emerson does. But Emerson is like a goddamn AK-47. The guy really is the man in terms of just holding a automatic rifle to your face point blank and just pumping little rounds of wisdom in you most of which just go right through the other side but a couple of those bullet fragments they stay in your brain don't underestimate it don't underestimate just reading this shit and consuming good advice even if you don't remember i can't quote shit you won't quote you can't quote anything you're never going to be the smart guy at the party actually i believe it was uh, uh mary wollstonecraft who once said blah, 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 fucking blah fuck all that you just gotta take in a bunch of information pepper it and slowly you start to see little shit change Slowly, some of it does seek in. Self-reliance. This is in the first paragraph of Emerson, okay? To believe your own thought. To believe that what is true for you in your private heart is true for all men. That is genius. Emerson's the man. He's all about, dude, you're as good as any holy man that ever walked the earth. Fuck the institutions. Fuck the government. Fuck the corporations, dude. They're all trying to sell you shit. You've got the light of God within you. Fuck them. You don't need anybody. He's the man. A man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes, flashes across his mind from within more than the luster of the firmament of bards and sages. Yet he dismisses without notice his thought because it is his. Don't you get it? Huh? Even Emerson. Emerson, who's so great, in my estimation, he's telling me that I'm supposed to be like, you know what? 
my thoughts are as good as yours, Emerson. You might be revered. A lot of people are revered. But if your name is Daryl and you work at Canadian Tire, well, you technically you don't work at Canadian Tire, but you work you work at the Canadian Tire. You don't work for Canadian Tire. You work for a third-party uh, marketing company that is in charge of uh, selling people uh, Canadian Tire's Triangle MasterCard. You know, and approval is instant. Uh, there's no credit. Um, you know, there's no credit hits. There's no hits to your credit score just by applying. All right, it does a credit check, but it's a superficial. It's a, you know. Um, merely, you know, formality, really. I mean, there, unless you've got a large, large um, blemishes on your credit report, I mean, you'll be approved at least for the minimum. And the thing is, there's no annual fee, and it's 20.99% annual interest, um, 21.99 for cash advances. But nonetheless, that's where Daryl works, that guy who's slanging credit cards while you're just trying to pick up some fucking Christmas lights. And maybe a windshield scraper. That guy's thoughts are just as valid and just as important to the progression of humanity and to the cosmos as Hunter Biden or, I don't know, some other philosopher, Derrida, Foucault, one of those French guys who are real freaks in the sheets. Now, Envy is ignorance. Imitation is suicide. That he must take himself for better, for worse, as his portion. No kernel of nourishing corn can come to him, but through his toil. You gotta work for it, you lazy fuck. They're not gonna come to you. You understand that? No one's coming for you. No one's going to be like, well, you're a genius. You just don't work at it. You, you're going to have to do something eventually. Jesus Christ. How have you not gotten this yet? God will not have his work made manifest by cowards. You understand? You understand? That's why courage came into play before. Precognition on my part. Trust thyself. Every heart vibrates to that iron string. Accept the place that divine providence has found for you. The society of your contemporaries. The connection of events. This is all within the fucking first page of his essay on self-reliance. Like six banger phrases. And I could go on. If I am the devil's child, I will live then from the devil. No law can be sacred to me but that of my nature. I ought to go upright and vital and speak the rude truth in all ways. Fucking rude truth. Society everywhere is in conspiracy against the manhood of every one of its members. Whoso would be a man must be a nonconformist. You see, Emerson, dude. Emerson, and this is just in the first two pages of his essay on self-reliance. He's got a bunch. He's got on nature, friends, love, the government, way, way ahead of his time. People aren't quoting Emerson enough. 
They quote Aurelius. They quote the Stoics. But in terms of philosophy, man, Emerson. <laughs> Merkin those bitches. Merkin them. All fucking day. Emerson rules. I could open a random page. I'll open a random page. I'll find a passage that I've underlined. Let's see. Random page. I mean, this book's like a thousand pages. Okay, random page. Place yourself in the middle of the stream of power and wisdom, which animates all whom it floats, and you are without effort impelled to truth, to right, and a perfect contentment. Don't you understand? Fuck, dude, I haven't read this in a while. This is actually really good. Each man has his own vocation. The talent is the call. There is one direction in which all space is open to him. Let's fucking go, man. My favorite quote of all time, and I'm not a quote guy. I don't remember any quote, really. But I remember this one. And I think I misremembered that. But it's Emerson, and pretty much he says, uh, when a man makes a decision... And not to gender it. When a man, when a human being, when someone makes a decision, the entire universe conspires to make it happen. Emerson. All right. Self-reliance. So that's what I hope to do by the end of this podcast. And uh, I like my chances because we've got five minutes before we got to get to the shout outs. So take that wisdom with you. Ralph Waldo motherfucking Emerson. He is the man. There was another transcendentalist who was female. And I've never read her. Because I'm extremely sexist. I'm not touching any philosophy that a woman would do. Transcendentalism. Except maybe Mary Wollstonecraft. She was cool. She was all like, hey, has anyone noticed that these men are fucking perverts? <laughs> and she was like the first one to do that. And the men were like, don't say that. She was like, yeah, these are fucking greasy assholes who keep telling me. I'm, I'm. She's like, these half these 90% of the guys who are preaching to me about my womanhood are fucking morons. And even some of the dudes are like, yeah, she's right. She's way smarter than a lot of these dudes. But you can't vote. She's like, I don't, okay, mine. <laughs> um, Transcendentalist. There was one with the... F Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, Margaret Fuller. Uh, Margaret Fuller, I think. Anyways, I love those Transcendentalists. They're all like, fuck church. Just go to the park. Chill. You don't need some dickhead like Ken Harder telling you what to do. All right? You're as smart as he is. All right? Which I never got, pastors. I mean, I know that they're like kind of, they're no smarter than the average guy. Most of the time, they're dumber. Here's what Jesus meant when he said, how the fuck do you know? How do you know? And now what? I got to change my whole life because that's what you think? That's how you interpreted it? Blow me. Anyways. Um, yeah, I should probably wrap this up. We're going to wrap it up. It's going to be, we're going to come in, in, in an hour. 
but uh, it's going to be just an hour because in a little while I am going to the gym. Self-reliance, courage, slow to anger. I'm going to the gym with one Mike Green and I am getting shredded. <sighs> Although I am a little discouraged lately. I've been hitting the gym hard. I've been eating right. I've been doing everything right. The scale hasn't moved really at all. So I bought a new scale. I bought a new scale on Amazon. It's already supposed to be shipped. It might be delivered at any point. In fact, it, oh, fuck, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Fuck. He, fuck. He's probably waiting out there. He's like, sir. Oh, I shouldn't do the accent. I have your scale. Sir, please. Your fat body needs this new scale so it can measure the body fat because you think that the scale's not moving because you're tacking on muscle while you're losing fat, but that's not the truth. You're actually remaining steadfast at the same body fat percentage that you were when you were eating extra-large clubhouse pizzas with four toppings and a side order of ginger ale and a side order of ranch. Nothing has worked. Because whether you like it or not, at some point, you are going to have to stop eating potatoes. You ate way too many potatoes. I know you love them. But if you want to achieve your goals physically, eventually you will need to make some sacrifices. That's just the fucking truth of it. And I'm here with your scale to show you that. Hello? And I'm here doing the podcast. I'm here sitting around doing a podcast. And he's sitting out there freezing to death with my scale. I hope this is worth it for you, you fuckers. And I'm sure it will be. Random. Take the book into your two hands and read your eyes out. You will never find what I find. That's exactly what I was just saying about the pastor stuff. We are all wise. The difference between persons is not in wisdom, but in art. These are random, completely random I'm just flipping the page open look at this let's do it right now we need not fear that we can lose anything by the progress of the soul the soul may be trusted to the end another sort of false prayers are our regrets discontent is the want of self-reliance it is the infirmity of the will random completely random that's how many bangers he has it's like a band that you can just put on a song boop 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 shuffle random shuffle random random shuffle banger 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 that's ralph waldo emerson better no one quotes him he never gets tossed around in philosophical whatever it's always the Stoics, it's the Greeks, fine. Those Germans, the Germans, and the French. Ugh. Ugh. Um, yeah, man, this guy's an American, red-blooded American, just like us here in Canada. But that guy's from our ilk, you know? Doesn't get the credit, he deserves. He doesn't get it, but he will. He will get it once this podcast blows up and I consolidate my power. And after the um, 
moral confusion of the mass executions that we carry out. Once that moral confusion is resolved, trust me, Emerson is going to be brought back. And we'll just tuck away what happened, the massacres and stuff like that. That was a bad episode. But we got to move on. Emerson says, do not regret anything. We're not going to regret the mass killings. We're not going to. We're going to move forward, all right, because we're thinking about the future. And that's what this podcast is all about. And that is the podcast today. That is the podcast. Shout out to Baby Bell. Baby Bell cheese. Those little cheese wheels. I've been munching on those lately. It's good on protein. Low on carbs. Helps build strong muscles that for some fucking reason aren't coming in. Even after two weeks of work. I've worked for two weeks. Where are my abs? Where are my abs? Huh? Where are my giant Brock Lesnar traps? Where the fuck are those? We're fucking 17 days in here. <gasps> I don't get it. The body is a weird thing. But these Baby Bell cheeses are great. It's like an adult version of the Kinder Egg Surprise. You gotta unwrap it. That takes a little while. And then you got a little wax wheel, right? And you do the little string. And then you try to get the cheese out of the wheel, keeping it intact as a cheese disc. I hate it when you break it in half. I'm like, oh. Now, I've learned, you got to rip the bottom half of the wax wheel open. Then you get a solid cheese disc. I still bite it in half. I don't give a fuck. But, um, yeah, those are good. Those are a good, good snack. Also, soft-boiled eggs. Cut them in half, a bit of salt. Brilliant. Actually, I wrote a joke about deviled eggs, too, the other day. Let's read that one. I wrote this yesterday. I thought of it. I don't get deviled eggs. Like, what are we doing? You spent two hours making this? Newsflash, Debbie. It still tastes like a fucking egg. And look at you. You're exhausted. You're sitting there. You're whisking, mixing. Just give me the fucking thing. Cut it in half. Salt it. And move on. I mean, how fancy do we want to get with our eggs? I mean, good God. You're wasting your whole day making an egg look cute? You're very talented, but you gotta focus. I told you, 80% of these are stinkers. But there's gonna be 10% that are winners. Um, Next, shout out to... Again, my boys. Shout out to my boys. We went to the Jets game last night. Shout out to Tyler Schultz, um, who is never shy to pay for shit. We got primo seats at the Jets ticket. Uh, Jets primo seats at the Jets game to see them win again. It's crazy. It's kind of weird that the Jets are doing this good. I'm waiting for the classic Winnipeg defeatist attitude. I'm like, all right, when are we gonna fuck this up? We're not going to. We're going to win the goddamn Stanley Cup this year. Um, we got primo seats. Primo seats. I was drinking coffee the entire night. I'm still off the booze. We went to Brown Social. Yesterday was really the first time where I was really feeling the um, sobriety. And I, I wasn't going to drink. I wasn't like craving like, <laughs> I might get it. I was drinking these alcohol-free mojitos. They were delicious. But 
the night could have been funner if I was drinking. Last night I just had to I had to face that truth. Last night I had to I was like I wish I was drunk right now. These guys are all drunk. They're taking shots, you know. Last night was a bummer. I came home and I, it was a fun night. Don't get me wrong. It's always fun. Those guys are great. And the Jets won and it was a great time. But that last night was tough. Last night was the first one where I was like, oh, God. This was like 70% fun. It instantly could have been ramped up to 100% fun just with fucking three beers. Just with three beers. <laughs> But I can't have those three beers because those three beers lead to those two shots. And those two shots lead to two more beers. And those two beers lead to 17 more shots. And those 17 more shots lead to me hammered in my Civic, cruising down Portage to uh, my closest Wendy's. And then that leads to waking up the next morning and be like, what the fuck? What the fuck did I do? The streak's broken. The floodgates open. I go to rumors. I'm like, give me a fucking beer. The streak's done. I ruined it. And then I get that beer. And that beer leads to a shot. And then that shot leads to two more beers. Leads to three shots. Leads to me and my Civic hammered driving to my local Wendy's. Leads to the next day. What the fuck are we doing? We got to get back on track. Oh, I fucked the whole thing up. And then me going to rumors. And that leads to me going like, fuck it. Give me another beer. It's all bullshit now. I fucked the whole thing up. You understand? The floodgates can't open. I got to keep the gates shut for a long time. It's like a dam. It's a dam. My dam was broken. Now we got the door on the dam and the water's being held back. But I can't just lift up a plank. It's going to go. <laughs> I have to keep the dam shut until mentally I drill in an appropriate hole that is sustainable. For a nice little trickle. All right. A nice little trickle. What does Emerson say about drinking? Let's see. A man's power to connect. Okay. Wait. The universal soul he calls reason. It is not mine or thine or his, but we are its. We are its property and men. Anyways, a man's power to connect his thought with its proper symbol and so to utter it depends on the simplicity of his character, that is, upon his love of truth and his desire to communicate it without loss. The corruption of man is followed by the corruption of language. You understand that? That's about booze. At least that's how I choose to interpret it. The booze corrupts the man, corrupts my language. You know what I mean? Then again, sober me, the language is pretty corrupted too. So who knows? Still though, getting to Emerson, I encourage you to read him and study him. He will provide more wisdom than a local failing church ever might. Although sometimes those local churches are good. I'm not I'm not ragging on church in general. If church works for you, fine. Go for it. Just find what works for you. That's what Emerson said. Find what works for you. Do you. If it's church, cool. If it's running in a park, cool. If it's reading Emerson, fine. All right? If it's having a couple of beers at your friend's barbecue and having a couple of more shots and then hopping in your car and cruising to Wendy's at dangerous speeds in the middle of the night, 
fine. But you got to find what actually works for you. That's why I hate all this inspiration shit on Instagram. Here's how you do it. Here's what you got to do. Even in the gym, people do that. That's not, you can't, not going to fucking, it's not going to, what? No, man. No, that doesn't work. See, what I did, yeah, that's what you did, motherfucker. That's how you improved your brain. That's how you did that. That means nothing to me. That means nothing to me. So fucking shut up. You didn't figure out the answers for everybody. You figured out the answer for yourself. And Godspeed. Because that takes a fucking lifetime. But don't think that you figured out some formula that now applies to all humans. You didn't. You understand? When it comes to the self, there is no universal equation. It ain't going to fucking happen. I'm so sick of people preaching. <laughs> I got I to gotta stop preaching. I got a preaching disease. Sometimes I get on stage and I preach. It's not funny. It's not funny. But then again, this podcast isn't always funny. All right. This is episode 43. All right. Episode 43. I can aff- you, can, you guys can afford a little preaching. In fact, I forgot to do the numerology shit. Let's see. What does 43 mean? In oh, what does 43 mean spiritually? Let's do that. Sarah Scoop. SarahScoop.com. Said it before. Say it again. Ugliest website in the history of websites. Um, angel number 43. Okay. In numerology, 43 is considered a master number. This means that it has a lot of potential for growth and positive change. <laughs> growth and change. Growth and change. We said it on the last podcast. Every fucking number means growth and positive change. 43 in numerology. Um, so much preamble. Just tell me what 43 means. Uh, number four is about hard work and determination. The number seven is about spiritually and intuition. Oh, 43, one, you know. Ah, oh, Sarah Scoop, you're letting me down right now. You really are. She's rambling. You're rambling. The meaning of 43. Angel numbers. What's my angel? 43. The 43 angel number centers around inner wisdom and strength. The number serves as a reminder to tap into our internal resources. When we look within, we can often find the answers we need. It's time to trust ourselves and the universe. The next step is to take decisive action towards our dreams. Decisive decisive so if you listen to this podcast that's decisive my dream is making a shit ton of money doing this squeezing bilking your hard-earned cash to serve my needs so sign up for the goddamn patreon all right if you believe in 43 like i do then get on that shit and send me your fucking cash now or i'll kill you um let's see what astrology.com says Continue to cite without support. Um, powerful combination of energies of four and three. Number four is hard work. Number three, creativity. Harmonious balance from practical and creative sides. Is angel 43 a manifestation number? Yes. Angel number 43 is a manifestation number. 
This number is a reminder that your thoughts and actions create your reality. I don't know if I believe in any of that shit, but I like hearing it. Anyways, that's the podcast today. Um, a 43 to you all. Um, today's song. The song today is... There's this guy on YouTube who... Um, oh, what the fuck? I lost him. There's this guy on YouTube... Uh, he's got a channel called Something Is Real, and I don't know how I uh, I don't know how I stumbled onto his channel, but um, it's it's really not my oh yeah that's why I did I was looking up Nirvana, and what this guy does is he'll take all these like great albums like Nirvana and uh, what else have we got like well, Billy Eilish but like Joy Division, Franz Ferdinand, and he converts them so that they sound like songs that um you would hear on a uh n64 game right and there's a lot of that but he's got like like the pixies where's my mind but with So anyways, it's not really my thing. Um, it's like Mario 64, but like with hit songs and stuff like that. Um, not really my thing. But this guy who runs this channel also does some like little indie rock songs. He makes his own indie rock songs. And a couple of months ago, he released a song called Thank God I Don't Have What I Want. And it's actually a pretty banger tune. So the YouTube channel is called Something Is Real. He's got 28K subscribers, and um, this is the song. Thank God I don't have what I want. Thank God I don't have unmitigated power with which I could crush my enemies. Thank God I don't have that because that's a burden. That's a burden. You know what I mean? You have to find a field. You have to find something that's capable of digging that hole. You have to somehow transport people out there. You have to keep them in line. Thank God I don't have to deal with all that. All I have to deal with is finishing my hazelnut vanilla coffee and going to the gym. My life is really good right now. And that's all. I'm not going to qualify that with anything else. Um, he also did this cool video of an auto-tune chainsaw. Let's hear this. Such a stupid video, but still, it's cool. Um, you guys are great. I love you. I always have. I always will. And don't listen to what they tell you. I do love you. Don't, don't let them get into your head. And say that I'm just in this for the power and the money. I'm not in this for the money and the power. Well, I am. But I'm not going to get it. I'm probably not going to get any of that. But in an effort to get that, who knows? I might produce some half funny shit. So this is um, this is a song, Thank God I Don't Have What I Want, by the YouTube channel Something Is Real. 
Go check it out. You guys are great. I'll see you patrons this weekend. I will see you. I got that storage issue figured out. I'll see you this weekend. To the rest of you guys, I'll see you on Monday. Hopefully. And uh, to all of you, I'll see you in hell. Thank you.